if you're tired of the disrespectful talk that Miles Garrett is just so much better than TJ Watt from people outside of people who cover the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'll want to listen to this Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as I said before, we're joined by Jenna Harner from Channel 11 WPXI in Pittsburgh. She's back here for a Friday. Jenna, how you doing? Chris, it's so glad to be back. I had a little vacation time, just took some time away, but absolutely, we got to talk some Steelers. It's felt like it's been a while, so I'm excited to be back, excited to be chatting, and uh, glad to see everybody. I, I, I'm glad we're glad to see you too, Jenna, because mm-hmm. we need you to here to discuss this topic with us. Now, this isn't this is a topic I was saving for like a, 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 a the end of the week because I wanted to talk about this with you. And this is an article that released on Monday from 33rd Team. Now, if you don't know who 33rd Team is, they're a football analytics website, much like PFF, not as big, uh, but they're uh, they're they're a group that are a group that releases football analytical articles to study things. And they released their Canton Bound current NFL players headed for the Hall of Fame. And this was a list of all the players who are either Hall of Fame locks, likely to be in the Hall of Fame or potentially in the Hall of Fame, as in guys that are like fringe there. And of these players, they named, I think, I think almost 30 players on this on this list uh, who were in the NFL. And some of them are obvious ones. Aaron Donald, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Von Miller, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Tucker, like guys that are staples at their position. But not between the, the locks, the likelies, or the potentials was a single Steeler named, and that includes T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Patrick Peterson. And I can hear, if you, if you want, want to make the claim that Minka Fitzpatrick needs to do it for a little bit longer, maybe. I The guy's still like a, what, a three- or four-time first-team all-pro safety who's led the NFL in interceptions multiple times. Like, I don't know if, if that's not what we're talking if he does that somewhere else if he's not getting this kind of honor but that's fine but tj watt specifically cam hayward and patrick peterson also that master struggle but i'm going to focus right on tj Watt here because on this list is miles garrett and it continues this narrative that we have heard and generally you and i've talked about this but we've heard time and time again from people that don't cover the pittsburgh steelers that don't look take a hard look at the actual games and the actual things and how they how they play out and they say miles garrett's a better football player than T.J. Watt. And Jenna, to me, when you look at the statistics, and I'm going to pull the statistics up for us right here, in what way is Miles Garrett better? Other than the Watt. fact that he has a playoff win? like Exactly. He has one playoff win over T.J. Watt, and I think he beat the Steelers that one game. But if that's the barometer that we're using here, then there's, you know, uh, Eli Manning's better than Tom Brady. So, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> so that, there, there's that too. But looking at this, T.J. Watt has more tackles, more sacks, more tackles for loss, more forced fumbles, more fumbles recovered, more passes broken up, more interceptions 
and he has more Pro Bowl. They have the same amount of All Pros. And by the way, T.J. Watt's been an AP Defensive Player of the Year. And I just I look at the I look at this, Jenna, and I just makes me wonder what is why do people continue to push this narrative when this is the first season, this first season when T.J. Watt missed two months of football that Miles Garrett's had over T.J. Watt sack wise since like 2018. I, I I never understand this, and you and I were talking about this, but you can make the argument that they are both closer than a lot of people think that they are, that they're Mm -hmm. both very similar in just the numbers that they have. And again, there are some similarities where I think like when you had it, some of the um, forced fumbles were kind of, yeah, here we like sack totals. TJ Watt has three more sacks, but like the forced fumbles number, the solo tackles number, I mean, interceptions, yes, yards, yes. But I, the, the, it's just baffling to me that it's okay. Miles Garrett is this. And then like TJ Watt is left off, off the list. Like if you're right. going to make the argument, Miles Garrett should be there. His numbers are very similar to TJ Watts. Why is yeah. TJ Watt there? And by the way, again, defensive player of the year, anytime you were the best player at your position group, not even at your position group at your entire side of the ball. Mm-hmm. That's a consideration right there. No doubt about that. Another thing to bring up here, TJ Watt makes the Steelers so much better. Yeah. Miles Garrett does not make the Browns so much better. And they, now he makes them better. But hear me out when I'm saying this, because someone's gonna someone that's a Brown fan is like, oh, what do you mean? He makes them so much better. I, I hear you. But when this when TJ Watt plays, the Steelers have a record of 59. 26 and two that is a winning percentage of 69 nice nice and when they when he doesn't play the Steelers are one and ten yep that is a that is a drop of from 69 percent to nine percent that is a 60 percent drop in in how successful the Steelers are at winning football games when TJ Watt is not on the field and, and then saw- and, go ahead no, no, go ahead go ahead my my whole point was in the one win that, that they got this was this year against Tom Brady when it was just the most baffling win where they had nobody on their team and somehow they still won that. But what, what, what were you about to say? I was going to say, like, that right there, I mean, we saw this season, Steelers fans especially remember that two and six start because of what this team was dealing with, obviously without the absence of TJ Watt. But the guys around him on defense, their numbers dropped. Alex Highsmith's production yeah. fell off. Like a lot of the production fell off. And yes, that is in part due to the fact that, okay, when TJ Watt's on the field, there's more eyes on him. So there's more ability for a guy like Alex Highsmith to be able to get to the quarterback. But still, this, it's just, it, it's baffling to me. And I, like, again, you can say that they're comparable players. In my opinion, I still think TJ Watt is a more dominant player overall than Miles Garrett. You can make the, you can make the argument that they're comparable, but yes, if you're sure. putting Miles Garrett on this list, there's no reason TJ Watt shouldn't be on this list by any means. And I, in my opinion too, I do think he is going to be a future hall of famer just based on who he is and what he does and what he's done for the game of football. I'm right with it. And now one theory I have as to why this happened on this particular list, people don't know who runs the 3013. The person who's the CEO of it is Mike Tannenbaum. If you don't know who Mike Tannenbaum is, he's now a sports analyst. He's worked with ESPN. He does a lot of different stuff. He runs 3013, but he's also a form, the former Jets general manager 
who hit the best season that the Jets ever had, was ousted by the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. And Mike Tannenbaum has notoriously been anti-Steelers on a lot of his takes on ESPN. So it just makes me kind of squint my eyes at that at, at, at that and look at like, hmm, is there, is there an agenda behind this? But to further my point here about TJ Watt making the Steelers better and Miles Garrett not making the Browns better. And and again, he's a, he, the, the Browns are better with Miles Garrett on the field. But the winning percentages differences are on a complete stratosphere when TJ Watt is in versus when Miles Garrett is in. As I said, it is a 60% drop in wins for the Steelers when TJ Watt is, is not on the field. When Miles Garrett is on the field for the Browns, they have been 35, 48, and 1. When he hasn't been on the field, they've been 4 and 10. Now, I help y'all out with those winning percentages. That is 41%. To 40%. That is a 1% increase versus a 60% increase in how successful their teams, those teams are, the Steelers and the Browns, at winning when TJ Watt is on the field and Miles Garrett is on the field. Now, you could say if this if this was 10% difference, it would be I could hear you and say, you know what, there's probably some circumstances there. Maybe, you know, the, the Steelers had a better quarterback on those days. And you know, there's probably a few days where the Steelers did have Ben Roethlisberger uh, balling out. But you know what? Ben Roethlisberger had, you know, what didn't play this past year, and this past year when T.J. Watt played, when T.J. Watt didn't play, excuse me, the Steelers allowed twenty five point three points per game and three hundred eighty nine point nine yards per game. They only had eight sacks and five takeaways. In the games that he did play, they went eight and two. They they allowed only sixteen point nine points per game, two hundred eighty nine point nine yards, a complete hundred yard difference, and they recorded thirty two sacks in eighteen takeaways they are a completely different team when he is on the field so whenever i hear someone say that tj watt isn't this or tj watt isn't that and miles garrett is this i know that you ain't talking from objectivity because if you watch football honestly you cannot make that statement yeah there has to be objectivity here there has to be objective or yeah i was gonna say objectiveness there has to be some measure of okay i'm looking at these numbers and maybe too part of this was okay, it's just in the midsummer and they want to do an article and they want to purposely leave a guy like TJ Watt off. So there's and that's totally a thing. And that could be, but just again, in my opinion, like the numbers don't lie. The statistics are there. And you and I were in the locker room this past season when they didn't have TJ Watt. And you heard guys just talking about, we have to figure out ways to play without him. We have to figure out how to be a team in terms of what we do defensively without him. And yes, they made adjustments, but again, the numbers are there that this team is drastically different defensively when you have TJ Watt in there. And that speaks to the impact he makes. And that also speaks to the type of player he is and the type of caliber player he is. I agree with you there. I want to talk about another aspect of this. We talked about the four stars that I named that, that could be in that Hall of Fame conversation. I want to ask you who else could be added to that list in the next few years for the Steelers who isn't who isn't being considered among those guys. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. But first, got to talk to you guys about FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. You can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and you get 10 times your the, the amount of your first bet in bonus bets up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's right. If you just bet $20, you'll lend $200 back in bonus bets and that's win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over under 
to who you think is going to hit a first home run in the game you're going to watch tonight. And that's all on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to play than MLB, play MLB games than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. She's Jenna Hunter of Channel 11 WPXI. Jenna, looking at the names that we mentioned there, and again, I this I didn't bring up Cam Hayward and Patrick Peterson because I was just so focused on TJ Watt there, but they are very much, there's, there's just as much of an argument to be made for both of those guys being in that conversation. As I think Minka Fitzpatrick, I think because he's younger, it's a little bit different, but I think that he is of that ilk. So I'm going to leave him out of my next question. My question to you is taking away those four guys off the Steelers roster right now, who do you believe is the most likely player to be the next one that gets added into that caliber of Steeler when we're talking about your guys who, when we're talking about, you know, four or five years from now, there's a guy on this roster right now who we we see mature and we're talking about him. Like he's a hall of famer. Like we're not talking about right now. That is a really good question because my mind is going in a couple different directions and I don't know how much of like a wild card this feels like, but I think George Pickens could. Okay. Okay. I really kind of think that we're going to see this year, no doubt a spike in his production, just based on Kenny Pickett growing and Kenny Pickett evolving and just what this offense has the potential to look like. But I think he's somebody to me that is that potential elite receiver where you know no matter what you throw up a ball to him and he is going to do every single thing he can and he's going to come down with that ball and he's going to be a splash play guy he's going to score a really decent amount of touchdowns again depending on what the offense looks like depending on Kenny Pickett's development and what we see from him this season but I think he has the potential to be that just complete absolute playmaker that we're talking about. Just look at the numbers he's putting up. You know, there's a potential for a thousand yard receiving season. I'm not trying to say anything crazy, but I think there's just the potential that you see kind of him rise to be this star and him kind of continue that just, you know, dazzling number seasons in the years to come. No, I don't think it's crazy to say a thousand yard season. Jenna with, with Kenny Pickett, Coming in in his rookie season, in in the middle of his rookie season, while George Pickens was also a rookie, George Pickens still finished with 801 receiving yards this past yeah. year. So, like, a 200-yard bump is not too much to ask for no. a guy who's going to be more familiar with the offense, more familiar with his quarterback, and his quarterback's going to be more familiar with the NFL, period. And, yeah. and I really think that you're going to see a, a maybe maybe not a super jump. Like I don't think it's going to be crazy, but you know, if just look at Deontay Johnson's career, he started with 680 yards in 2019, that jumped up to 923 in 2020, and then again to 1161 in 2021. Uh, so each of those years, he took almost or a little bit more than um, a 200 yard bump in each of those years. Now this past year, it jumped back down to eight, 882 yards. That happens with a rookie quarterback, but point being with George Pickens I, I see a similar rise for him there so I, I think you're on to something now that George Pickens could put himself in that conversation if he's able to because I mean, he certainly made the highlight grabs and I think that that's one of the young players that a lot of people around the country are like yeah we, we can't deny that young guy's props he could be a real problem 
Yeah. And it's going to be someone too, where it's like, you want to see the step he takes this year, the growth that he shows and just his ability to be that dependent, reliable receiver where, you know, when they do target him, depending on again, how this offense looks and what we see from this offense, when they target him, how much he takes advantage of those situations. And he is that type of guy to do that. And it was really interesting too. When we talked to him, it feels like forever ago at this point, when we were talking with him during mini camp and during OTAs, just about the relationship he has with Kenny Pickett and just he, him, you know, raving about what the two have not only on the field, but off the field and the dynamic that they have, the brotherhood, the friendship, you know, all of that stuff outside of football. I think that contributes in a big way, but it's just going to be, I think he's primed to have a really, really special season that, you know, after week three or four, a lot of people are talking about, Hey, is this going to, is this a guy that, you know, is going to put up, some of the best numbers in the league. Is he going to be within the top 10 of receivers in the league this year? I think it's potentially a pos- a very real possibility. I'm going to give you a name here. Cause I could go, I could go, you know, I could swing for the fences here and say Kenny Pickett, but I'm not going to, I'm going to give Kenny okay. Pickett another year, Okay. but I'm going to say another pass catcher on this team. And that's Pat Fryermuth because we've seen Pat Fryermuth be a real red zone threat with Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that he can get back to that as him and Kenny Pickett build a rapport. Yeah. But something, something that I talked about with Noah Strackbine on this show just a couple of weeks ago, there's the tricky thing about Pat Fryermuth being on this roster long-term is that tight ends don't get paid the way wide receivers do. Yeah. And as the Steelers start to make tougher decisions down the, in the next four or five years about who they got to keep, because at some point you're going to be like, man, you got to keep paying for TJ Watt, got to pay for Alex Highsmith, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, Kenny Pickett's going to need to get paid. Do you keep Najee Harris? George Pickens is going to need to get paid. There's going to be all these tough decisions. But Pat Fryermuth, I think, has the potential as with the with the crazy threats he has as a receiving tight end to be that big playmaker in the middle of the Steelers offense. And if Kenny Pickett does rise over the next four or five years, I see uh, just as George Pickens would be, uh, would be in lock in step with Kenny Pickett's rise. So will Pat Fryermuth. And I think that he might even get a little bit more play because he'll get more red zone targets. I think his, his big body ability will put him in different positions. And as we see a guy like Travis Kelsey get a bit older in the NFL, I think that everyone's kind of wondering who's the next big tight ends who are, who are the next big tight ends to become superstars in the NFL? I think Pat Fryermuth is at the top of that list of the guys who can be in that conversation. I That's actually a really, really great one. I wasn't even thinking in that direction. And I'm like, wait, that actually makes a ton of sense. Just in his ability, again, over the middle. And, what the, you know, again, we talk about rapport that Pickens and Pickett have. Look at the rapport that these two have. And look at mm-hmm. just the way you want your tight end to be also that guy that you're like, hey, when I need you out there, you're going to be there. And we know that Fryermuth is that guy when he's over the middle, depending on the situation and depending on what they're looking to do. But also, again, you just know how much of a red zone threat he is. I mean, everybody, when he came into the league, he was like, oh, this is baby Gronk. This is baby Gronk, you know, and everybody just loves to say that and throw that around, which, you know, let these guys be these guys. He's going to be a great tight end. And he's shown mm-hmm. that up to this point. But that's a good, actually, I like that. I like that pick a lot i think we're thank you I think we're also primed to see a decent amount from him this season i i you and i talk about this too but the offense has the potential to be really exciting this year i think so i really do jenna like we look at this offense and i was talking about this on the north shore drive podcast with uh, brian Batko for the pittsburgh post gazette go check that out by the way if y'all don't already but we were talking about this the again the logistical jump of the steelers offense this year 
if they just become, we also talked with Mike DeFabo about this yesterday. All right, right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, and Mike brought this up too. He's like, if the Steelers just get better in the red zone, yeah. they become that that much more dangerous. They were they were I think ranked twenty second in red zone efficiency this this past year. If they can turn if they can turn just a few more t- field goals into touchdowns this upcoming season, we're talking about. You know, if they can go from scoring 18 points a game to 22 points per game, and that's not that's not crazy. That's not a, that's not a, a whole lot. That's not asking them to be juggernauts. But if they did that, they'd be the fourth. They would have been the 14th best offense last year. Yep. And that's where I'm at. That all you're asking of the Steelers right now is to be able to end some drives better. And, and as Mike put it yesterday, he said he, he brought up. He was like, hey, like the Steelers in between the 20, 20s were actually pretty decent when they got. To the tw- when they got to the red zone, they stalled. They didn't have the answers, and I think some of that's the offensive line. Some of that's the running game that didn't formulate, and some of that was Kenny Pickett kind of figuring some things out. But now that they they've had all had time to formulate to put things together, I think that will be an answer, and that's another reason why I think Pat Fryermuth, if four years down the line we're looking at potential Hall of Famers on the list, if he's a part of that red zone opportunity and Kenny Pickett's putting up big numbers, I think Pat Fryermuth could become that superstar player that people start looking to like, man, that guy might wear a gold jacket someday. Yeah, no, and I think that just it, it's fun to think about in that way too, just with its youth of this offense and where they are right now. Like, again, we talk about potential, but just looking at, hey, there's a lot of young playmakers on this team. And you have that when you have young units, no doubt about that. But it's just he he for sure, I think, in my mind, has the potential to be that type of player where, again, as Travis Kelsey gets older, people are looking to this new wave of young tight ends. And he's, you know, put himself as a major part of that conversation. Absolutely. I got one more topic I want to touch on you with Jenna, and that's a kind of a story, but I think it's a non-story. I'm going to explain what it is before you all hear it somewhere else and you start panicking when you hear it. We'll get to what that story is in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Jenna Harner, we'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WXI. Jenna, want to talk to you about this story that kind of came up with Bleacher Report. Now, this was a sort of idea floated out there with potential trades that could be happening um, uh, with, with the Steelers or players that should be looked out for. And they named Alex Highsmith as one of them. And the, the author even clarified it that said that, Hey, I'm not saying that the Steelers should move Alex Highsmith, but there's a real potential here. And I, I look at that and I just think like, man, like if anyone diligently follows this show, they'll know that I said that there might be possibility of this at the beginning of last year when I was looking forward and saying, man, if Alex Highsmith has a really strong year and the Steelers are trying to move up for draft picks, maybe he's the guy they trade away to get a really high-end draft pick. Turned away, turned out that guy was Chase Claypool, uh, and he w- didn't even put up the big numbers in the first place. But um, but once the draft came and went, I was like, well, Alex Highsmith sticking around here. And the more I talked to Alex Highsmith, he's going to be signing a pretty good contract with the Steelers moving forward. So – when I see this, Jenna, I, I get the I get the feeling like this is this is a little bit of uh, it's July. We're bored and we're trying to drum stuff up. And so let's make people panic with a story here, uh, because now people are going to read this. People are thinking like, what, what that could happen? And we're here to tell you, I don't think that's happened in the least. Mm-hmm. 
No. And going into next week as the slowest week on the sports calendar of the entire year. Yeah. This checks out as to why stories like these are popping up. I mean, this is just one of those things. If you're a casual Steelers fan, you look at this and you kind of shake your head and chuckle a little bit because there's so much talk right now about, okay, when is Alex Highsmith going to sign his new contract? When are the Steelers going to pay Alex Highsmith? What are the Steelers going to pay Alex Highsmith? Like that's the conversation here in Pittsburgh right now that everybody seems to be having. And it's again, not a matter of, you know, when is this, or it's not a matter of, is he going to get paid? It's a matter of when, when it's going to happen, when he is going to get paid. And you and I talked to him constantly in the locker room too. But the thing that always makes me laugh with these types of things too, is like, The Steelers love homegrown players and it shows time and time and time and time again. They Mm -hmm. love the guys that they draft that they that rise through the ranks and that they say, Hey, we want you here long time, long term and long time. You're kind of the epitome of what we want this team to be. You look at a guy like Alex Highsmith, who's, a incredible leader and is going to be looked at as that next wave of leaders among the defense, kind of that in between TJ Watt, Cam Hayward level, and um, you know, some of the rookies, like yeah. he's that middle ground guy right there. We know the relationships he has with the team. We know how Omar Khan, how Mike Tomlin feels about him. I mean, this, this to me is really funny. And again, I could have seen it at the beginning of last season where, okay, maybe if he's having a really good year, but again, you trade Chase Claypool and look where this team is right now. I, I mean that they 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 got Joey Porter Jr. for it, so that that makes a lot of, that 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 was as great a value I think as you could get to to try to move on and get a player that some people were even projecting as a first round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, going into this draft class. But more about Alex Highsmith here. One, we've I've talked to him. You've talked to him. When we've talked to him, he seems pretty confident that a deal will get done at yeah. some point. To the point where he he wasn't even skipping the OTAs or minicamp the way that T.J. Watt, uh, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Deontay Johnson all have the past three years, where they've sat off to the side and they've been there, but they're not there because they're not working out with the team and doing full things. And Alex Highsmith taking part in that, taking part in those things, tells me. He's just he knows he's confident it's going to happen and he's going to he's going to be ready to go when the season gets. I I also think that after a year with 14 and a half sacks and with a fully healthy T.J. Watt, the Steelers, it may behoove the Steelers to get this done very soon because you do not want a year where maybe he gets if he gets more than 14 and a half sacks in a year that T.J. Watt's healthy and T.J. Watt and like they become the most dominant edge rushing duo that's obvious and it can't be disputed in the NFL this past this upcoming year. You may be in a position where next year, like he could, like this contract could prevent him from going out and making like a Bud Dupree like contract where he's paid like, you know, four years, $70 million somewhere. And, and maybe the Steelers pay him, you know, along the lines of about $13 million a year over a span of three or four years. But I really think that TJ uh, Watt, we've talked about uh, how we see him going, but Alex Highsmith, I think, is, has the potential to be a guy that gets Pro Bowl nominations, that gets the respect of uh, of some of the best edge rushers in the league because he's going to start to put up more of those numbers. And just looking at him at OTAs and minicamp and the things that he is honing his craft, he is getting better with his pass rush moves. He's He seems laser-focused on so many things. And I'm telling y'all, he is going to be a big problem for offensive tackles. He absolutely is. And you and I, again, we talk to him kind of frequently, but he – 
embraces he has the walk-on mentality that he embodies and he embraces and he always talks about that he says you know i'm never satisfied because of you know where i came from and how i got to this point he was a walk-on in college and has earned everything and more up to this point by his work ethic by what he does and by the fact that he never settles with things i feel like i bring this up kind of frequently but i just remember talking to him at close, getting close at the end of last season, probably about like a quarter of the season to go. And I was like, all right, you know, you told me earlier this season, you want to get 12 sacks. Like you got there. And he was like, yeah, now I want 15 now. And he just like, <laughs> that is just exactly the type of player he is. And that's one of the reasons the Steelers love him so much, but you're right with also the fact too, that this should be a situation where if I'm the Steelers, if I'm Omar Khan, if I'm in that front office, I'm saying, hey, we need to pay this guy right now a, de a deal that both of us feel is very fair because if he has an unbelievable season next year, who knows what he could try and do with free agency. Yeah, they, they, they got to get out in front of that. And I think they will get out in front of that. That's the whole plan here. Alex Highsmith said, you know, he said even both sides are pretty happy with where things are, are right now. I, I'm not sure if we'll hear about it before training camp. It might be a during training camp thing that, that we hear. And uh, he gets to celebrate with his teammates at, at St. Vincent. That's happened, you know, a few times. You know, I think it happened with Deontay Johnson, where you saw them kind of take pictures with him at, at the lunch tables uh, out, out in the trove. So I, I can foresee something like that happening. But to your yeah. point that you made earlier, the Steelers love homegrown players and homegrown players who develop naturally naturally who stay true to the team who don't make any fuss about anything there's never been anything to complain about with Alex Highsmith you know it's he was he was a young guy who was coming up who was figuring things out now he's the solid veteran who the only reason he, the reason not the number one edge rusher on your team is because you have the best edge rusher in football in yeah. TJ Watt so yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you here. There's no trade happening here. This is the, the only thing that's going to happen is an extension. The question would be how much do they extend him for? How long does he extend extended for? And then can him and TJ Watt stay healthy throughout the season to be the, a, a dual, the best dual edge threat in the NFL? And I definitely think they can. I think that's going to be something that a lot of people have their eyes on too. Knock on wood, of course, so no one come for me. But <laughs> I think this is going to be one of those situations where, you know, week seven, week eight, we're sitting here talking about, man, look at what Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt have done up to this point. Absolutely. We will see when that happens. Training camp reports in less than three weeks now. So we're getting very, very close to that. She's Jenna Harner. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us here again on the Locked on Steelers podcast. We always appreciate your presence. Let me know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Well, thank you as always for having me. It's such a pleasure to be back here on a Friday. You can find me on Twitter, although is Twitter still going to be a thing by the time? That's a good question. Who's to say? Um, at Jenna Harner 11 Instagram, Jenna underscore Harner. I just made a threads and I think it's the same thing. You can get to it through <laughs> Instagram though. So, uh, and then of course on WPXI channel 11 here in Pittsburgh, um, you can also stream on our app as well. So uh, definitely check that out there. Absolutely. Do check out Jenna Harner and all her amazing work at Channel MWPXI. I'm your host, Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette by going to post-gazette.com, where I cover all things Pittsburgh sports. Uh, well, I cover the University of Pittsburgh sports with football, basketball, and other sports, but I also cover all things Pittsburgh sports with the North Shore Drive podcast. Check that out. But you can also check out this podcast, the Locked On Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, every day covering your Pittsburgh Steelers on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Thanks again for everyone checking us out. We're, we're off for the weekend. We'll be back Monday with another episode on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 